Hello and welcome to the Spotlight Podcast. I'm Christina Kerr, the content manager at Spotlight, and today we're talking about revamping your acting career. And we're talking with Spotlight's own performance careers consultant, Emma Dyson. Um, Emma, thank Hello. you for joining us. It's always a pleasure. It's the new year, so I thought a good place to start would be talking to our members and non-members alike about what they can do to really get into this new year in a good way and get their career going in a, in a good way mm-hmm. and set up for a very positive 2019. I want to start, though, with you and your background. I know you trained as an actor. I did. Can you tell us a bit about how you came to advise actors at Spotlight? After I trained at drama school, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to be one of those amazing actresses that I aspired to be, like Juliette Stevenson or Janet McTeer. Um, but feeling so passionate about the industry, I I kind of thought, well, how, how can I sort of utilise my passions and try and get some new skills to be part of an industry which I adore? Um, so I wrote off to many actors' agencies and I um, successfully got in to work with um, Daphne Waring, John Summerfield at Waring & McKenna, which I loved. And I was there for many years and just worked my way up. Um, so the role, you know, as an agent, you are constantly advising, putting them up for work. Um, and so with that in mind, after I left Waring & McKenna and came to Spotlight, it was a good fit for me to be the point of contact for actors and drama schools, drama school students onboarding young performers to, you know, hopefully get the match fit for a terribly competitive competitive and saturated industry. Um, so really it was utilising the skills that I'd learnt um, as a performer, then moving into, um, you know, representing and championing actors to, to now what I do um, here at Spotlight. So part of what you do, and as you said, it's such a competitive industry, part of what you do is offer kind of one-to-one advice Mm. to a lot of our members. Um, I guess because it is the new year and a lot of people will be setting intentions and resolutions and all of that sort of stuff, can you give us a bit of an idea of the kind of advice that you tend to give people one-to-one? Sure. I mean, it really depends where the actor's at. You know, for um, new actors, you know, who are fairly inexperienced or maybe they're freshly trained, you know, you're you're introducing yourself to to an industry of, of, of professionals who may not have seen you at showcase or in a you know, drama school play. So it's all about the photo. That is the first thing that anyone is going to see you if they've not seen you on the stage or on screen. Um, so, you know, we're in the visual arts, you know, you, you have to have a really cracking photograph. Um, and obviously, you know, Kate has talked to photos and I bang on about it religiously. <laughs> you know, it has to look like you. It, it has to have an essence of your personality. You know, there has to be something where by, you know, uh, an industry professional looks at the photo and is intrigued to then look at your showreel, the credits, you know, what roles you've been cast as to, to get an idea. Because, you know, as I said, being in a visual industry, you know, we're looking at photographs and we're thinking of oh, what can that actor play? You know, what role do we see? see them in um so the photo is everything and i would say that even for actors who are maybe returning to an industry the industry um you know it it has to be a really good representative of you um so if people are thinking about what to do first for the new year in terms of revamping their profile or their cv a headshot might be a place to start yep absolutely and i i always think you know 
it's it's what you can afford to to pay. Photos are expensive, but yeah. it's an investment that's worth, you know, investing in. Um, you know, uh, so so yeah, start with a really good photograph, um, and then I would say, you know, if you're not in anything, to invite an agent or a casting director or wherever you're at, whatever point in in your career, um, it's then about the showreel. Um, so again, if you don't have professional screen work, you know, make something. But again, the emphasis should always be on it being the most professional it can possibly look. And I always think less is more. So, you know, you can upload five minutes worth of um, of real, uh, you know, inclusive of your Spotlight membership. But that's too much. You know, right, I would, you don't I need would, five whole minutes. I don't think so. I think, you know... You know, you you want the sort of whoever it is that's watching the the reel to want a little bit more. So so I think a, a good reel is between two, two and a half, three minutes. Perfect. So really, I think we well we've just had a whole episode actually on show reels. So if you want to hear much more about that in depth, there is another episode on that. But um, as you said, you know, having a show reel is really vital. It's kind of one of the first things that a casting director is going to look at because. Mm. Obviously, they see your picture and they're intrigued, but then they have to see you actually do something. Um, Other than that, though, should you be updating your profile to include sort of all of your skills, everything you've ever workshopped, everything you've ever attended? Is that a good idea or should you just limit it to your essential training or your essential skills? I think so. You know, I don't see the point in, you know five or six lines of various workshops or short courses that you've done. You know, if you've trained at a drama school, um, leave it on. And I get really upset when actors take where they've trained off of their profile. You know, it's really nice to know that someone went to Bristol or Guildford or Guildhall or wherever. Or, you know, if it's not, you know, one of those... um, established drama schools you know we we want to know where it is whether it's an international training keep it on your your profile but regarding the the workshops I mean I I just don't find them that valuable so um yeah I I would leave it to whether it's a one or a two or a three-year training and just leave it at that yeah I think so what do you think are the sort of most common mistakes that people make on their profiles I think one thing that we've heard a lot about is sort of writing too much or yeah, it's usually to do with too much rather yeah. than anything else. But do you think there are other common mistakes people make? Not updating the profile, obviously. Um, I, I, I think you know, just just keep it um, keep it tight. You know, regarding skills, going back to what you were saying, you know, any skill that can relate to character is crucial. And a lot of actors sometimes think, well, I won't put. Um, horse riding down because you know that that really you know might not be ever called upon if I'm you know rubbish it's such a really fantastic skill to have um, you know and, and I think anything that you think can relate to a character put the put the the, the skill on you know casting directors are searching for um, in the advanced search for for actors with many multiple skills and obviously the best chance any actor has is you know, to, to be really explicit with their skill set. So so I think it's crucial to, to not dispel anything and think, well, OK, if if I went in for an audition, um, you know, and, and this particular skill could could get me through the door, then I need, I need that to be searchable. 
Yeah, absolutely. You need to be found by those things yeah. that you can actually do. Absolutely. <laughs> and indeed, those sort of rarer skills might really set you apart yeah, in some absolutely. way. Yeah. I kind of want to talk through a few sort of case studies with you in mm. a way, um, because you mentioned that obviously your advice differs a lot depending on what stage of a career somebody is at. Yeah. Um, what I, I sort of want to start with the new graduate for this year. What advice would you give them in terms of just getting started and making that first impression? Do you encourage people to write actively to agents if they aren't represented? Um, where should they really start? Well, yeah, the agent. Um, you you are going to have a much bolder chance if you are represented. Um, and I think it, it is really difficult finding the right fit with an agent. So I think um, if you are a graduate who for whatever reason, hasn't managed to sign, I think um, tip number one is not to worry. You know, <laughs> actors do generate their own work. And yes. yes, it is better to have an agent. But if you don't have um, an agent, having done a year or three years at drama school, then I think, you know, your job is then to, to keep proactive, to keep positive, to try and get yourself in something so you can then obviously invite an agent to, to come and see you. Um, but also not to forget the absolute crucial importance of the casting director because they're the ones who are going to get you in. Um, but agents and casting directors work hand in glove and to get a good agent, you know, um, you, you want them to have seen your work so they know exactly how to sell you to the casting director. Right. So in terms of approaching those people, are there very clear sort of etiquette guidelines you can give somebody? Um, I think you've got to be really business-liked and you have to document who you've written to so you don't overwrite to right. them. You know, I think there is that sort of myth that agents don't look at everything that is sent to them. Well, of course they do. So, you know, don't fret and worry that, you know, they're being rude or they're ignoring you. You know, agents, good agents get inundated um, with requests from, from agents, uh, sorry, from actors. Um, so, you know, I think don't don't worry, you know, if they haven't got in touch with you, it's, it's, it's been filed, it's been checked. So I think, you know, note who you've written to, don't overwrite to them. It's not that you can't write to them again, but write to them with a purpose. You know, do you have, you know, a workshop or a, a, a short play to to invite them to, you know. Um, I think that the, the rule here is not to be a pest. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just common yes, politeness, yeah. really. It's just, it's just etiquette, really, yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, there are so many agents that are out there. So, you know, do your research, you know. Um, I, I think also if you're a, a young actor new to the industry, you know, and your, your dream is to, to be with one of the big established agents and you're not getting any joy there, you know, don't ever dispel um, co-op agents because I think right. it's a great way for actors to see the other side of how the industry works and I think when you are a young actor um, going into the industry I think it, it can sort of feel that you're free-falling and I say that with experience having left drama school myself and, and just kind of thinking whoa what is this big scary industry about yeah, for sure. because when you train um you know, you, you, you are introduced to casting directors and you have masterclasses and workshops, but nothing really prepares you for, for the industry. So I think, um, you know, if you have the, the, the right photo, if on your profile it's it's looking cosmetically really snazzy um, and, and you're prepared, you know, um, then you should hopefully be, you know, in, in an OK position to then start, you know, forging forward. And for those who aren't really aware, can you kind of explain the co-op agency 
concept a little more? Sure. So co-op agents are where, as an actor, you work in the agency and it's all other actors um, and you don't represent yourself for work, so the other actors will do that on your behalf. Um, So you're working as an agent, if you like, um, whilst the other actors are also looking after your interests as an actor. So you're kind of helping each other. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's a very nice concept. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a really good point, actually. I think... um, when when you're leaving drama school or, you know, as an actor with other actor friends, I think, you know, it is about collaborating. You know, if you're not in anything and you have like-minded actor friends, try and, and you have a facility to write, of course, try and, you know, generate your own work. Yeah, totally. You know, I think this industry, unfortunately for actors, can sometimes make you feel that you have no autonomy. So if you can produce something, then at least you feel that you're you know, positively doing something and you're not, you know, waiting for the call of an agent or, you know, or the other gatekeepers who, you know, can open the door for auditions and potential work. Yeah, absolutely. It does feel like there's a big gap between you and those people who have the work. Um, But there is a lot of great theatre, particularly in London at the moment. There's a Vault Festival. That's a fabulous example of lots of people who write their own work and make their own work and probably know each other from workshops or drama school, etc. And I've seen so much wonderful stuff on the fringe. Totally, yeah. It is just alive. So I think, you know, as an actor, you know, don't automatically just go for West End theatres, you know, do your research again, you know, have a look at off West End stuff and find out who, you know, um, casts for for the companies, if there is a casting director, if not, you know, be, be, you know, um, very sort of methodical in your approach. I want to talk to you now about a slightly different case study, which would be the returning actor. And Mm. in particular, I'm thinking here about people who have taken extended breaks, perhaps to have children or from other reasons, illness, Mm -hmm. any other issues. Uh What advice do you give those people who are trying to reintroduce themselves? They might have done some some work some years ago. And I think the main concern is often about whether or not they should mention work that is old or Mm. how they should represent themselves in a different phase of life. Well, firstly, you know, acting is a craft um, and, you know, it's like a language. If you haven't spoken a language in a while, you're going to get rusty. So yeah, I think, of course. number one, do you feel match fit? And I use this over overused term match fit time and time again. But I think, you know, as an actor, you have to feel confident. And I think if you are returning to the industry, you know, um, things change. You know, I think in terms of, you know, technology and, and what supports and facilitates, you know, self-tapes, etc. and so on, you know, if, if you have returned after a long, long spell, then, you know, you better be good at self-taping. And, you know, anyone can do that, you know, by using their phone, you know, looking at our YouTube channel, you know, getting all those advisory videos from casting directors around the world regarding showreels, regarding self-tapes, you know, be prepared, do your research, go to some classes so that you do feel plugged in again. You know, I I think you have to feel physically and mentally prepared. Um, So with all of what we've spoken about with photos and your profile looking, you know, really good, um, you know, I, I think you're the one that does it at the end. So, you know, you have to feel confident enough to, you know, be the one that can really nail an audition. And, and confidence is key. Yeah, for sure. I, I kind of want to go into that a little bit further in the sense that I think um, a lot of actors, particularly younger actors, when they're entering the industry, their goal is to be Juliet Stevenson or yeah. someone similar, yeah. right? Um 
perhaps as a returning actor, you still have those goals. Yeah. But I just wonder what kind of advice you give people in terms of setting realistic goals for themselves in the industry, because not everyone can be the next no. whoever. Yeah. But plenty of people still work. Sure. What kind of advice could you give around that? I think, you know, understand your unique setting point. Um, and also, I think, find out what it is you, you feel that you do really well. You know, it's great to aspire to those wonderful actors. But, you know, um, very few are going to reach those dizzying heights. I think you have to be realistic with, with your goals. You know, um, it's managing expectations. It is a saturated industry. So how are you going to best you know, do what you do well and get noted for it. So, you know, if it is the leading lady or the leading lady's best friend or, you know, someone who's very good at the classics or comedy, I think try and understand your castability. And I think for a lot of young actors, um, they're still not sure. Right. And I think the successful actors know exactly what they do very well. Mm -hmm. So I think it is understanding, um, you know, what you can do. And it's not necessarily feeling that you have to demonstrate the wardrobes or the <laughs> wardrobe of, of your, you know, your your um, vers versatility, you know, that that can come later. But I think initially, you know, whatever it is you do, make sure you do do it the best. Yes, I think. that you can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So setting some reasonable goals. Yes. Getting all of those essentials up to scratch. So the headshot, the show reel, etc. Mm -hmm. We didn't mention the voice reel, but that might be another thing. Voice reel is incredibly important, of course, because you know, um, aside from you know the, the the physical presence of of being an actor, you know, the voice is your tool. Absolutely. So you know, um, I think it's crucial that you know you again with your voice reel um, understand uh, how the voice can be modulated. You know, and I think with with the reel, I think it's very useful whether you want to you know work in radio drama or not to, you know, have examples of narrative, of commercial examples of how your voice can be used, something maybe, you know, journalistic and, and, and something. So, so again, it's, you know, how, how one can use the voice. Um, and again, you know, if you have a voice reel, you know, if you have your, your show reel, you know, approach agents, voiceover agents also, and just hope that, you know, you can generate and open more opportunities to work as an actor. Absolutely. I just want to finish on asking you a bit more about your one-to-ones. Can you give us a bit of a sense of what you offer in those sessions and what they can do for members? Sure. I mean, I follow the lead of what the actor wants to ask. So, you know, one session is very different to the other, but um, generally speaking, or 99% of the time, the most asked question is, how do I get an, an agent? agent. Yep. <laughs> so that gets covered quite a lot. Um, and, and also how an actor can increase their, their, their work and get more auditions. You know, there's, there's never a set amount of auditions that any actor can expect over a month or six months. Every actor is different. So, you know, it, it's really sort of um, get, uh, advising on the photos, the real approaching professionals. Um, and, and for anyone that just feels a little stuck in, in a rut, you know, I'm always happy to get actors back on track and, and you know, hopefully, you know, to, to get them to a place where they can, again, feel that they have a bit more autonomy and to just manage, you know, what it is they, they, they want to do and how they get there, really. So if, if I'm part of a process that works for them, I'm very happy and it's job done. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And it's a wonderful way of integrating all those amazing skills that you took as an actor helping other actors. I think that's also really lovely. Yeah, I, I understand the journey. Absolutely, um, and, yeah. and yeah, I didn't make it as an actor, but I 100% understand that that passion and that need to tell stories and to share and to collaborate. You know, it's, it's a wonderful uh, industry. 
It absolutely is. I agree. <laughs> Thank you so much, Emma. Thank if you, people Christina. want to um, do your one-to-ones, they can find that information online. How often? Absolutely. Um, all happen? the sessions are released on the 20th every month or the next working day of the 20th um, happens to fall on a weekend. Um, they do pick out you know, pretty pretty quickly, but there are um, uh, myself and a, another colleague who who also do them. Justin, he he does them. Um, he's based up in Liverpool, um, and you know, actors can come into HQ or they can have the sessions over Skype or phone. So yeah, we release all information um, via Twitter, but they'll all be um, on our website, and they are for members only. That's fabulous. Thank you so much, Emma, for talking to us. If anyone has any other questions, you can drop us a line at questions at spotlight.com or ask us a question on Twitter at Spotlight UK. Thanks very much. <laughs>